Looking for your next spot out with family or friends? Whether you're on the east side, downtown, in Fitchburg, or at Hilldale, you're sure to enjoy one of Madison's favorite traditions. Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company, Madison's home for craft beer and pub food since 1994. This is the Great Dane Huddle, driven by Metro Key on 100.5 ESPN. The Wisconsin Badgers have defeated the UCLA Bruins by a score of 21-16. With Rose Bowl champions Tarek Sala and Derek Engler, here's Alex Strofe. the Great Dane Huddle driven by Metro. Kia live at the Great Dane on the east side of Madison as we recap the football weekend. How you doing, everybody? Hope you're having a terrific victory Monday, at least for the Green Bay Packers. Alex Strofe with you, as always, here on the Great Dane Huddle driven by Metro. Kia, I've downgraded. Last week, I had not one, not two, but three Rose Bowl champions with me as Barry Alvarez joined us last week. I have zero Rose Bowl champions with me this week. Derek Angler out in New York for tonight's uh, alumni weekend game for the New York Giants as they host the Dallas Cowboys on ESPN and ABC for Monday Night Football. Tarek Sala off doing whatever Tarek Sala does on Monday nights. (laughs) I am joined by my babysitter, as we've established. The whole monitor, Jesse Nelson, is with me. Jesse, happy Monday. Good to see you. Happy Victory Monday, pal. Happy Victory Monday, Strophy. Uh, it is my pleasure to be with you here at the Great Dane uh, Pub and Brewing Company on the east side of Madison. First time we've been out here to the east side yeah. location. This is my home base of the Great Danes. Me too. I love all of them. I've been to all of them. This is the one that's closest to where I live, so I really enjoy being here. Uh, I've watched NCAA tournament games at this Great Dane. I have brought my mom to this Great Dane after (laughs) golf over the years. Uh, Love being at this Great Dane. I am sorry to the Great Dane. I am sorry to the fans of this show, Mondays 6 to 7, that we have zero Rose Bowl championships. (laughs) And last week you tuned in for Barry Alvarez, and this week you tune in for me. My bad. About about the same. You and Barry Alvarez, pretty comparable (laughs) human beings. I I do believe. Accomplished a lot in your line of work. Yeah, Barry and I have a lot in common, I think. Uh, We both, uh, when we get irritated, we both get high pitched, I think. Yeah, what what just happened there? Did you go through puberty there? Yeah, you got a little. You got me mad, you know? know, Attacking my credibility a little bit, I think. Uh, Me never. I don't know how much else Barry and I have in common. Um,. Tark and Derek, I, probably even less than I have in common with Barry. I got to be honest. I've never played in the NFL. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. Um, <laughs> I've watched a bunch of Rose Bowls over the years. Me too. So yeah, we're pretty close then. I do. I did some preparation for today's show though, because I know what you guys experienced uh, on ESPN Wisconsin College Game Day on Saturday. Tough. The agony of despair, and I'm sorry to all the Wisconsin Badgers players, coaches, and alumni who have been listening to ESPN Madison today as we celebrate a victory Monday, because it's a great day to be a Green Bay Packers fan, and it's an awful day to be a Wisconsin Badgers fan 48 hours later. Yeah, I was just about to say, it's been a rough almost 48 hours, about 47 and a half hours, because immediately when the Badgers-Ohio State game kicked off on Saturday, it was over. First drive, 
over with. You knew it was just a total mismatch, a total talent disparity. Uh, it was a really, really rough outing for the Wisconsin Badgers on Saturday. I have banned myself from saying the score of that game, Jesse. So uh, if you oh, want to do the duties, I'm not saying the score of that game. It was brutal. I it actually was... like saying the score of the game because it sounds closer than it was. Uh, no, it doesn't. 52-21 makes that look like the Badgers actually put some points on the board. That's still a 31-point differential. Oh, I know. It doesn't sound any closer it, than it was. It, 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 and in it, reality, it, it, was. it was what? It was a touchdown less because Braille and Allen busted open for 75 yards against third stringers. A nice run. It was a nice run, but it was the only nice play the Wisconsin offense had the entire game. Uh, so there was your final from Jesse Nelson. Let's dive into that one, Jesse. It's been a lot of Packers talk today. We'll do that, too, as we're with you until 7 o'clock here on the Great Dane Huddle, driven by Metro Kia. But uh, that one on Saturday heartbreaking, eye-opening, exactly what I expected. A straight ass-kicking, I mean, is what we got, and that's kind of what I expected. I mean, Wisconsin is a good college football program, but Ohio State is a great college program, Uh, and and that was the real difference we saw at the shoe on Saturday. But that hasn't stopped Wisconsin from being competitive with Ohio State before. No. Like, it's been... Well over a decade now that Ohio State has been a great national championship contending program year after year, yep. except for the years that they were on probation. <laughs> and Wisconsin forget. has been a very good college football program that has teetered on that edge of getting to the next level, just like a number of other programs in the country have also done. And to me, the saddest thing about Saturday night's game is that a lot of fans of the Wisconsin Badgers expected this result. Same thing with Washington State two weeks ago. A lot of fans watching that game. Now, remember BYU a few years ago when BYU came to Camp Randall Stadium on a hot Saturday afternoon oh, yeah. in September? Oh, yeah. And just it, it was a, a kick to the groin of Badger fans when BYU came to Camp Randall and won that game. Yeah. That was a shock. Washington State was not a shock to Badgers fans. It was a surprise when you're a 17-point favorite and you don't even score 17 points. Yeah, that's a surprising result. But by the time you got to the third quarter of that game, a lot of Badgers fans that were watching along were saying, yeah, you know what, they, they could lose this game. That would not be surprising if they end up just falling apart here in the second half. Same thing with this Ohio State game on Saturday night. I had some friends who came up from Illinois. Okay. They're not diehard Badgers fans, but they are fans of the team. They will come out. We've been out in Madison a whole bunch. They're college buddies of mine. We didn't have a college football team at Bradley University, so <laughs> add that to the list that separates me, Tarek, Derek, and Barry Alvarez. But no comment. We would, we would come up and you know we'd go to game day tailgates, sure. and we'll watch the Badgers games, and they've been into the team a lot of times, okay. more than 10 times, double-digit times they've been up for games. They said... Can you promise us this game's going to be competitive so we can go to a bar and have fun watching it? And I said, no. I cannot promise you that this game's going to be competitive. Before the first quarter was done, they turned to me and said, thank you for not taking us to a bar. (laughs) Now, on the contrary, I would have loved to have been at the Great Dane here on the east side. I would have been loved to have been here taking in the game because I could have drowned my sorrows a little easier than I did at home because it was just sad and embarrassing but also expected. And that is what's the most disturbing thing as a Wisconsin football fan is that this talent gap, this 
this overall just difference in quality of program from Ohio State. Michigan's even getting to that point now after a couple of years. And Wisconsin's on just this other level. And you expect this to be what happens. That's what's disappointing. It was exactly what many people thought would happen. I was not one of them. I thought Wisconsin would keep this close like they have with the Buckeyes over the last decade, except for the 59 to nothing game. They didn't even get it close until the end of the first quarter. Yeah, it's interesting, Jesse, because I, I thought Brad Nortman, who you hear on ESPN Wisconsin College game day pre and post game, before and after every Wisconsin football game right here by ESPN, I thought he put it really well in the post game show on Saturday, which you can go back and listen to. Really good listen from both him and Chris Orr, uh, former Badgers, breaking it down. Brad said, in order to compete with Ohio State, with a team like Ohio State, to even compete, you need your best team of the decade. This is clearly not only one of or not one of wisconsin's best teams of the decade and in fact maybe one of wisconsin's worst teams of the decade debatably right and this game they never had a shot right i mean it was it was the first drive it was surgical by ohio state and then graham mertz throws the ball one time and what happens interception so right away all faith is lost you, you don't even have a hope you're competing in this game let alone winning this football game. And I love the optimism of, of people like Chris Orr, who predicted the Badgers to win, and Colin Russo, who <laughs> predicted the Badgers to win. But when I said 41-17 to 17, Ohio State, Chris Orr looked at me and said, that's disrespectful. It was disrespectful to Ohio State because I didn't give them enough credit of how good they were, Jesse. And, yes, the graphic that lives on for the last 48 hours is the one that they showed on the TV broadcast. Four-star, five-star recruits compared between the two programs. Ohio State 66, Wisconsin 20. And a lot of those guys are four-star recruits because Wisconsin mm -hmm. doesn't get a whole hell of a lot of five-star recruits. It, it was never close, and that's the most disappointing part because this team, what we thought was going to be a 10-win team preseason, a 10-win team, winning the Big Ten West no problem. Now, removing ourselves 48 hours from this beatdown at the shoe, we don't even know if there's a team that's good enough to win the Big Ten West, let alone even be in the same ballpark as Ohio State. It's, it's disappointing. Shell shock. What's extra disappointing about that graphic that you're citing on the <laughs> four- and five-star recruits? Not as disappointing as when they were interviewing Brutus in the third quarter. That's when you know you've reached Rutgers territory, when they're interviewing the mascot yeah. in the third quarter. That one hurt. <laughs> the mascot, by the way, Jesse, which doesn't speak, and we talked about this on, yeah. on Wisconsin College Game Day, but Holly Rowe, who was the sideline reporter on ABC uh, with Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreet on the call, kept giving Brutus the microphone Uh huh. and – me and Colin Russo are watching this going, Holly, he doesn't speak. Well, you gotta, Mascots don't talk. What if he did, though? <laughs> that would be groundbreaking. Yeah, that's, I guess that would have be, been the most interesting uh, thing to happen on uh, Saturday Uncharted night. territory. No kidding. As Wisconsin falls big to Ohio State on Saturday, now 2-2 two and two on the season. Go ahead. The, the most disappointing thing about this 66 recruits, 4-5 and five star for Ohio State versus 20 for Wisconsin is that a lot of those recruits for Wisconsin have been in the last two to three years. A lot of those four- and five-star recruits that they're talking about are on the team right now, including the quarterback. Yeah. So what is happening between the recruiting? Because everyone's saying, well, it's got, if, you wanna, if you're one who's advocating for a change in leadership at the head coaching position. I wanted to get into that. And yeah, you're go saying you got to go find someone that's going to recruit better that's going to bring in better talent look at the talent gap between these teams 
Wisconsin's recruiting classes have been as good as they've ever been. Ever been. In the last few years. Ever been. And look where that's gotten the team. So what do you want? Because I don't know what I want, and that's what's scaring me as a Badger football fan right now. Yeah, look, I think the call for leadership, uh, leadership change excuse me, is asinine. I think I think to suggest that Paul Christ is not the best option at the head coach for this team is, is insane because he's proven time and time again that he is the best option. Regardless of the result on Saturday, Paul Christ has led this team to a really good spot. He has a significantly better, and obviously it's a smaller sample size, but he's a significantly better winning percentage than Brett Bielema, than Barry Alvarez. Uh, I'm not even going to mention Gary Anderson because obviously that's a smaller sample well, size. I actually think Gary Anderson's worth mentioning because he's the one that all the people that are saying fire Paul Christ right now would like to have because you want to change the program. Yeah. If you want to change the program, we tried that in 2014. Look what happened. We ran the guy out of town after two years. Yeah. We were desperate to get Paul Chris back after two years of Gary Anderson. It's very much worth mentioning because those of you who are advocating that that's the right move, that's what you're asking for. And and what's the other right move, right? Obviously, there's a lot of calls for Jim Leonard to be promoted. Mm-hmm. What the hell did Jim Leonard prove to you on Saturday against Ohio State? Yeah, did you see? Jack Squad is the answer, Jesse. I know Strofe doesn't want to say the number. 52 points is what Ohio State gave or put on the board on, on Saturday night against Jim Leonard's defense. If you're going to make this big change and you're going to remove Paul Christ as the head coach, for everyone who's advocating Jim Leonard should get the job, and I'm not disagreeing, Jim Leonard is worthy of a head coaching job. It scares me because I think he's going to get one. I don't think it's going to be in Madison unless he doesn't want to go anywhere else. But well, that seems to be the case. But it, go on. So far, that's true. If you move on to Jim Leonard, what's going to be that much different? Nothing. Like, Nothing. You're just changing the voice at the front of the room. And it might be a better voice, and I won't argue against that, right? Like Jim Leonard is, is by far maybe the best leader that they have in that coaching staff. But – there's a difference between a leader and a and a culture changing head coaching move, and that's not it. Your tra- your culture doesn't change if you promote Jim Leonard. I mean, Jim Leonard was a or Paul Chris led a team that was 12 and 0 in the Big Ten championship, one drive away from going 13 and 0 and reaching a playoff. Yep. Paul Chris had the Badgers up 21 7 on Ohio State at the Big Ten championship and then game the turf in 2019. Came undone, yep. Like there have been some. Shining moments for Paul Christ as the head coach of the Wisconsin totally. Badgers. They were within one score of the Rose Bowl championship in, in New Year's Day 2020 against the Oregon Ducks and Justin Herbert. There have been some really good teams that Paul Christ has led. I don't think because of one really bad loss to Ohio State and a couple of dunks along the way here against some subpar teams over the last couple of seasons that Paul Christ should be removed as the head coach. I still think he's a good leader. He's recruiting well. I think he's a solid voice. He's a sound voice who is good at developing players. I think we need to look at what the talent is at certain skill positions and start to reimagine what we might want to do with those positions because I feel like we're getting away a little bit from the Wisconsin formula without meaning to because of what's in-house. So talent-wise, yes, the stars are going up, but... It's what type of guy do you have at each yeah, spot. Yeah. Right now, Braylon Allen's the only stereotypical Wisconsin football player. That offensive line got beat up. That defensive line got pushed around on Saturday night. That's not Wisconsin football. No. 
That, uh, that's a team that typically wins in the trenches. He's Jesse Nelson. I'm Alex Strofe. This is the great Dane Huddle driven by Metro Kia. Football season is back, and to celebrate, Metro Kia Madison is giving you a 4K smart TV with the purchase of a new vehicle. Get a 2023 Kia Soul with 3.49% APR financing for 48 months, 2235 per 1,000 borrowed to qualified credit. Visit their website, MetroKiaMadison.com, to search current inventory and to learn about monthly deals. That's this month's deal, but you're running out of time as the man- month. Already over on Friday. It's October on Saturday. Bucks basketball returns wow. on Saturday here on 100.5 ESPN. Of course, Madison's home for the Milwaukee Bucks. Hey, Jesse Nelson always brings his Jesse Nelson flair whenever he gets extra airtime. So, Jesse, I'm actually going to let you tease this out of, to this break because I know you have a game you want to play. Explain to me what it is, and we will do that next. I have collected some blind resumes for a few college football teams over the last 10 years, I want you to tell me who you want to be, and we'll find out if you pick Wisconsin or somebody else, Big Ten and beyond. Ooh. And we'll do that next from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company on the east side of Madison. It's the Great Dane Huddle, driven by Metro Kia. Rihanna playing the Super Bowl halftime show. I'm so jacked about that. It's the Great Dane Huddle driven by Metro Kia. We're live at the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company on the east side of Madison. Alex Strofe alongside the hall monitor, Jesse Nelson. What did Tarek and Derek have to say about Rihanna playing the Super Bowl halftime I don't want to project. I don't want to project. <laughs> I imagine they would uh, probably prefer, like, I don't know, Aerosmith. <laughs> they still together? Metallica. That'd be a great halftime show. Yeah, don't, don't, don't even pull my leg yeah. on that one. Uh-huh. That'd be a good one. Uh, but Rihanna, I'm fired up about it. I think she's going to kick ass at the Super Bowl I, halftime show in February. I actually have a friend who uh, debates that Aerosmith is a more influential music group than the Beatles because Aerosmith has a roller coaster. We're talking about the Badgers football team here on the Great Saint Huddle. Speaking of roller coasters. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Very well done. It's true. Beatles don't have a roller coaster. Uh, uh, (laughs) Who invited you? Who invited you? (laughs) I don't know. I just kind of showed up. (laughs) Apparently. You needed somebody. You needed somebody. I guess you were were the next best option. Barry (laughs) I only asked for about eight people before you, but it's fine. (laughs) All right. You have a game you want to play. Sure do. Uh, So. Everyone who's up in arms about what the state of the Wisconsin football program is right now. I have gone through and arbitrarily selected five college football programs and looked back over the last ten seasons. So this even predates Paul Chris. This goes back to the last year or two of Brett Bielema. Okay. Speaking of which, Bielema Bowl coming up this week. Very excited Big revenge game, no doubt about it. Um, So I'm going to give you... There are five categories for each of these teams, and I'll give you each of the categories. I'll let you react to them, and then I'll let you pick which one you want to be. I'll then unveil which teams are which to see if you pick Wisconsin or not. All right. Obviously, a couple of these categories could be giveaways, so uh, pay less attention to trying to figure out which team is Wisconsin and more about what these overall resumes are. All right. I'm ready. Team number one. Oh, my special music showed up. Oh, man. The Great Dane Huddle driven by Metro Kia. Team number one, best bowl win, the Cotton Bowl. Conference championship appearances, two. 
College football playoff appearances, zero. NFL quarterbacks produced two currently unranked. That is team number one. Okay. Team number two, best bowl win, the Sugar Bowl. Conference championship game appearances, one. Playoff appearances, one. Currently a top ten team, one NFL quarterback active in the league right now. Okay. Team number three won the Rose Bowl as their best bowl win. Oh. Conference championship game appearances, three. One college football playoff appearance. Currently unranked, one current NFL starting quarterback. Okay. I think that's Penn State, but go on. Team number four, best bowl win the Orange Bowl in the last ten years. Four conference championship game appearances. Zero playoff appearances, though. Currently unranked with one starting NFL quarterback. And lastly, team number five. I appreciate you're taking notes. This I is am taking awesome. notes. This is good. Team number five, best bowl win, the Las Vegas Bowl. Hey, Wisconsin. In the last ten years, conference championship game appearances, three. Yep. College football playoff appearances, zero. One. Oh, not Wisconsin. Currently a top 25 team. Zero starting quarterbacks in the National Football League in the last okay. 10 years. Okay, so you're asking me who I want to be? Which of these five programs, based on this criteria, which I believe is overall what people assess your college football program on, your best bowl wins, conference title appearances, college football playoff appearances, where you're at right now, and what are you producing at the most important position in the NFL? So while this is arbitrary, I think these are five good sets of criteria. So of those five, I know I threw a lot at you. You took notes. I did. Which one stands out most to you? Team one, two, three, four, or five? I'm going with the team that won the Rose Bowl as three conference championship appearances, one appearance in the college football playoff, and a mm. current top ten rating. That would be team number three, Jesse. I think they stand out yeah. to me the most. Team number three, I would agree with you. I think team number three probably sounds like the best team of this group. Team number three, the Michigan State Spartans. Wow. Kirk Cousins, your NFL starting yeah. quarterback. Yeah. They did make a college football when playoff. Was that? Uh, they got a second, I believe it was the second rendition so 2015, of the playoff. They maybe? got run out by Alabama, but they okay. were in it. They were in the dance. They won a Rose Bowl against Stanford. Yep. Uh, they are currently an unranked team after just losing to Minnesota badly at home over this weekend. But they have appeared and in three conference title games and won two of them. The only loss, of course, the inaugural Big Ten Championship game against Wisconsin. Interesting. All right, now I'm curious about the other mm -hmm. team, so let's just roll through it. Team one, a Cotton Bowl win, two conference championship appearances, two quarterbacks in the NFL. The Missouri Tigers. Gross. I wanted to throw that one in there because, honestly, all five of these teams, I think if you look at this set of criteria, fairly comparable. Who's their second quarter? I know they have Drew Locke in the NFL. Blaine Gabbert and Chase Daniel. What about, what about uh, oh, Drew, Drew Locke? Locke? Three quarterbacks. I yeah. messed that up. I guess I was. I, I forgot Drew Locke. Three quarterbacks in the oh, NFL. Missouri. Quarterback powerhouse. All right, Team 2 won a Sugar Bowl, has one appearance in both their conference championship uh, game and the college football playoff, and is currently a top-10 team? Yep. 
the Michigan Wolverines. Okay. With Tom Brady as the starting NFL quarterback. <laughs> I feel like oh, that might be cheating a little bit because they haven't produced anything lately. Yeah, with Harbaugh, no but Michigan Wolverines. So would you say that one? How would you say that compares to Team 3 or, I don't know, maybe Team 4, whose best bowl win was the Orange Bowl, has been in four conference championships, zero playoff appearances. And shout out to Russell Wilson. currently unranked and has one starting NFL quarterback. Out of, just out of, out of nowhere, what do you think of Team 4? Well, Team 4 is Wisconsin, obviously, it as, is. as yes. you lead us there. Um, Michigan's better. Uh, Michigan State is better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd probably take them over Missouri. Who's Team 5? Their best bowl in the Las Vegas Bowl, but did appear in a college football playoff. And is currently a top 25 team. That's the Washington Huskies. Sure. The Washington Huskies. So that's where we're at as a Wisconsin football program right now. Based on this set of criteria, which, again, is not the be-all, end-all of how to measure success of your program by any means. You know, Washington, Missouri, Michigan State, Michigan, they've I guess Michigan's probably at Harbaugh for about as long as these 10 years have gone. He's been there a while now. But those other three schools have been through multiple head coaches in the last decade. Wisconsin has as well. Those teams have been to college football playoffs. Not Missouri, but Washington and Michigan State have. Wisconsin has not. That's really interesting. They haven't won a conference championship, even though they've been in a bunch of conference championship games against superior teams. They've produced best NFL quarterbacks. Well, Russell Wilson may be debatable, but more starting quarterbacks in the NFL or backup quarterbacks in the NFL. That's the level that Wisconsin's on. Wisconsin is not on the level of Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma. I'd even argue USC and some of the other like brand name college football programs. Michigan is maybe ahead of them. You picked Michigan State without knowing ahead of Wisconsin. They're comparable to Washington and to Michigan State And and to Missouri. Yuck. That's where Wisconsin football's at right now. Are you cool with that? Because that's what everyone's saying. Like, this is, and now I'm playing the devil's advocate spot here because I said I think Paul Chris deserves to still be the head coach at Wisconsin. I think it's, you know, outrage that's unwarranted, unfounded that he should be removed because there's not a better option. No, unless you think Lance Leipold is that guy. Go Whitewater. But Um, when you look at people who, Tarek and Derek and everybody who has contributed to ESPN Wisconsin College Game Day and all of our shows, the former Badgers players, Mark Tauscher, who says that Wisconsin builds its program a certain way. We want the program to be this. We're all proud as Madisonians of that program being built the way that it is. You can't also then turn around and say, yeah, I'm, uh, we, we don't deserve, deserve to be on the same level as Missouri and Washington and Michigan State. Huh. So what is it? What do you want? You want the program to be the same, and you want to win that way and go through 10 years of being similar to those schools? Or do you want to try and change the entire culture and shoot big and hope you come away with a home run? Or, as Jim Rutledge said earlier today on Rutledge and Hamilton, turn into Nebraska. I think that's what happens if you fire Paul Chris at the end of the season, which won't happen, right? we we got to acknowledge that Chris McIntosh, the uh, the now second-year athletic director, Gave him an extension and a raise in this past offseason. So let's uh, let's keep in mind, Paul Christ isn't going anywhere. But I will say, this is an eye-opener of, of sorts, right? But we've been spoiled, right? Like, you expect greatness because the basketball team's given you that over the course of the last 10 years. And in a way, 
the football program has has as well, right? You've made Rose Bowl appearances, obviously, in the last dozen years, several of them. Uh, you've been in conference championship games, as your blind resume uh, just asserted to us, right? Mm-hmm. It was a, a total of four conference championship yep. appearances in the last, uh, what did you say, since 2010? Ten years, so since 2012. We're since talking. 2012, yeah. so not bad, right? Like, you're happy with where you're at, but also we're, we're such, you know, recency-biased fans that you want to burn everything down after a horrible loss. You're not on the level of Ohio State. Mm-hmm. You have to live in your bubble, and that is a top 15 program, which you have not been this year. I think the other fascinating element of this is you see these teams that I've mentioned here, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Missouri, they've all won New Year's Six games. The Cotton Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Rose Bowl, the Orange Bowl. Washington's best bowl win is the Las Vegas Bowl. That's gross. But they've been to a college football playoff. So do you value that? Yes, more I do. than winning a New Year's Six exhibition. 100%, especially with the 14 playoff, right? That means you're one of the best teams in the country. That mm-hmm. means you had an undefeated season. That means you wiped everybody out until you got to the college football playoff when you're playing the best of the best. I would rather lose in a college football playoff semifinal than win a, another New Year's, New Year's Six Bowl. Than win the Orange Bowl, right. right. Than win the Cotton Bowl right. when it doesn't matter. That's, that's what I think is fascinating about measuring the culture of Wisconsin football right now. Because a lot of us really like to p- take pride in how well we perform. We, being the banner, like I played, like Tarek and Derek. Yeah, right. How well we perform in bowl games. Yeah. We win the, every game but the Rose Bowl. We, we win all the rest of them. But if you'd rather be in the playoff like Washington, I don't really care if your best bowl win is the Las Vegas Bowl. They've been to the dance. We haven't. Nailed it. He's Jesse Nelson. I'm Alex Strofe talking Badgers lost to Ohio State. Wolf on Saturday night. It was a blowout, not even a loss. It was a drubbing uh, to Ohio State at the Shoe in Columbus, Ohio. On Saturday, we'll see if they can rebound this weekend in the Bielema Bowl. The Brett Bielema revenge game as Illinois comes to town. A reminder that ESPN Wisconsin College Game Day has it covered before and after the game beginning at 9 a.m. on Saturday morning and immediately following the final whistle for two hours as we break down the Bielema Bowl right here on 100.5 ESPN. Hey, get the best steakhouse experience in Middleton at Ruth's, Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Treat yourself to a USDA prime steak that arrives sizzling on a 500-degree plate and a bottle from their award-winning wine list. The restaurant's welcoming atmosphere includes a large horseshoe bar, the horseshoe bar, the best kept secret in Madison, as Jim Rutledge puts it. Beautiful stonework and three exquisite fireplaces that make for an ideal place to enjoy what kind of fireplaces dinners. are those exquisite oh, Jesse. Sure. Yeah. private parties and date nights learn more on their website ruthschris.com all right i'm i'm stressing out and pulling my hair out talking about this I've, I've become a little gray as we've rolled on for the past half an hour we'll flip our conversation to talk about the green bay packers big win i'll say the score in that one 14 to 12 over the tampa bay buccaneers last night We'll dive into that. What does that mean long term? What did you take away from the Packers' victory that moves them to 2-1 and one on the season? That's all still ahead. It's a Great Dane huddle driven by Metro Kia live from the Great Dane on the east side of Madison. I love the Rihanna theme tonight. It's the Great Dane Huddle driven by Metro Kia. Alex Strofe alongside the hall monitor, Jesse Nelson. Alex Gravatt back at the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. 
running the show. Alex, what is the best song Rihanna's ever made? Uh, it's definitely Disturbia. I don't think it's really close. That is a good that one. That is a really good yeah. one. Yeah. I, I do want to What's, just point out, you, yes. I love your your self uh, appreciation as you texted me before the show. Let's have exclusively <laughs> Rihanna bump songs tonight. <laughs> hey, hey! I didn't want to give the peep behind the curtain. I wanted to give you credit, but now I guess you're cut off. Turn off your microphone, damn it! He actually thought he was texting himself as a reminder. <laughs> Alex in there, and he just messed it up. It'll happen. I will Him say, Belichick. I will say, the monster, the song that we just played coming in, does mention Russell Wilson, so that's exciting. Does it? I'll find it. Yep. Yep. Yeah, you yep. you no, find it. We'll work it does, on it. I know, I know he's right. I don't know the lyric off the top of my head, but I know he's right. Is that an Eminem line? That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, it is the Great Dane Huddle driven by Metro Kia. We're live at the best pub in the world. That would be, of course, the Great Dane. They've got Wednesday wing specials. They've got beer club specials at the downtown and Fitchburg locations. And, man, I'm drinking a German Pilsner. I mean, they just got terrific beer brewed in-house. Uh, they've got a great food menu as well. I know Jesse and I have food on the way. I always go with the wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm trying the sweet habanero rub tonight, so excited to try that out. What would you get? Um, I got the bacon or the brat, the brat and bacon burger, essentially, is what I, I forgot what the exact name was. It took the menu away from me, but I can't wait to eat it. It's got a pretzel bun. It's got Ooh. bacon brat. Uh, patty, a little uh, honey mustard on it, cheddar cheese. Oh, yeah, that's going to be good. I love it. Jesse mentioned it's the home base. Great Dane, we're at tonight on the east side of Madison. Uh, he brings his family, or I always bring my family to the Great Dane all over. There's four locations in the Madison area. You cannot go gr- wrong. GreatDanePub.com is the website. All right, Jesse, uh, we've been talking negatives the first half an hour of the program. Let's get into some yeah. positives as the Green victory Bay Packers. Monday. It's Victory Monday. As the Green Bay Packers get a big win yesterday over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road in the smoldering. I don't know if that's a word. Uh, heat? Smoldering? Um, smoldering, I think is the word. But what's Scolding? Heat? That'll work. Scalding? I don't know. I give up on vocabulary. Nonetheless, it was very warm out. Alan Lazard threw up because of heat exhaustion. Tough scene that they showed on national television. But nonetheless, Packers win 14-12. to I feel like you've been overly fascinated by Alan Lazard throwing up. They just like showed I heard, it, and then I heard it lived you earlier on, on the high noon hour. Yeah. I heard you on Rutledge and Hamilton. This is your third show, and on all three today, you've been talking about <laughs> Alan Lazard hacking it up. Alan Lazard flu game, man. Yeah, I was fascinated. I mean, immediately after scoring a touchdown, the like, dude goes to the sideline and yaks. I yeah, mean, you don't see I, that every day. I mean, why well, should I not be fascinated by it? Like, you've mentioned you've mentioned Holly Rowe interviewing Brutus the Buckeye in every show you've been on. It's true, but <laughs> I mean, we saw the the puke six was like three weeks ago for that Purdue guy in the, yeah, in the opener true. against Penn State. That's true, he ran a pick six back and then right away went over and did the same thing Alan Lazard did on the sideline. So, anyway. uh, Alan was a touchdown, though. That was good. Good to have him back in action. Was, Romeo Dobbs was nicer. Yeah, I, I keep mentioning the three Ds were the big storyline, and don't take that out of context, but the three Ds were the big storyline for the Green Bay Packers last night. In order, it was defense, Dobbs, and David Bakhtiari, right? I mean, obviously, the defense was terrific. They stand tall. Uh, in the second half especially. I mean, it was just a defensive game in the second half of that one. But then uh, Romeo Dobbs had a touchdown as welcome to the NFL game, as I heard Scales and Brust calling it, who were on before us. Really was a welcome to the NFL game for the rookie Romeo Dobbs. Targeted eight times, eight receptions. First Packers, uh, rookie Packers wide receiver to have eight catches in a game since 2018 when Marquez Valdez-Scantling did it. So 
impressive outing for him. And David Bakhtiari, uh, we were speculating less than a week ago, would he ever play again? And then he's swapping out series with Yash Nyman at left tackle throughout the course of yesterday's game. So the three Ds, the big storyline for me yesterday. What do you think we actually learned about the Green Bay Packers, though? Because last week we came on 100.5 ESPN following the Packers' win over the Bears and Wisconsin's big win over New Mexico State. Yep. And many of us all agreed we don't know what we actually learned about these teams this week. Definitely not last week. I almost want to say the same thing today following a Packers no, win against a depleted no. Tampa Bay Buccaneers squad and Wisconsin getting run out of the building as many of us expected they would. I don't really know what we learned about the Packers compared to the Buccaneers will both be so different when they're at full strength later in the season. Well, that's because your perspective's wrong, right? Looking at it as these teams will be different, while it's fair, it's, I, I don't agree with it, right? Like you have to take away what you can in week number three. And what you can take away from the Packers win in week number three is that the defense lived up to the height. And we had not seen that through the first two weeks, right? This is a defense that was crowned and touted and cheered and, and looked upon as one of the top defenses in the National Football League before the season began. We certainly didn't see that in week one against Minnesota. We saw some flashes in week two against Chicago. We saw it for an entire game against Tampa here in week number three. That's the big thing we learned is that the defense can live indeed live up to the hype. And I don't want to hear the excuses of Mike Evans was a rude boy. Rihanna reference, wow. uh, and he got suspended for week number three against Green Bay, and that Chris Godwin and, and Julio Jones were hurt. You can only play who's in front of you. That's the case in week number three. That's the case in the divisional round of the playoffs. And you played who was in front of you, and the defense lived up to the hype. They got to Tom Brady. They sacked him a few times. There was a couple turnovers, a fumble, and an interception. Uh, I was really happy. No interception. A fumble recovery. Fumble recovery. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, I was impressed with the defense. They lived up to the hype, only allowing 12 points. But here's the thing. So this entire season for the Packers is not about being the better team on the field in week three and getting no, out of not. there with a win. It's all about preparation for January. That's where we're at. Yeah. After the last couple of seasons yeah. and the way that they've ended, everything is about January. So if we're using every game as a measuring stick to take our temperature on where the Packers are in relation to the rest of the NFC going into the playoffs because they're still going to win the NFC North. They're yep. going to be one of the top seeds. Yep. We hope they get the first round by, and we'll see what happens again if they get home field at Lambeau, just like last year. Last year they didn't measure up. This year I can't say anything through three games about how I think they measure up against the rest of the NFC. The Rams look really good. The Eagles have been hot. Eagles look terrific. They look really good, surprisingly good. Uh, I thought people were crazy as a early, like late preseason pick. Don't be surprised if the Eagles are the NFC East champion. I thought people were nuts. Man, do I look stupid. That team looks great. They do. The Arizona Cardinals are a little shambly. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are totally shambly, but they always figure it out with Brady later in the year. Aside from that, the Saints haven't looked good. Like Around the NFC, everybody's looked kind of meh, besides the Eagles and the Rams. So the Packers, to, my, to, to me, are right there with those teams if they can continue to progress. But I'm not going to look at this and say that defense was extraordinary because look what they did against the Buccaneers. In crunch time against the Buccaneers, they gave up a bunch of yards and they gave up the potential tying score until they stopped the two-point conversion yeah. thanks to an iPad that was on the Jumbotron. No, no you're absolutely <laughs> – is that actually the case? Was it an iPad That's, thing? I saw some someone tweeted today. I don't know who it was, but it, they were uh, – 
quoting someone from Reddit, you know. Oh, yeah, very the, credible source. One yes. of the great uh, platforms, Reddit. That's true. And they said everyone that was at the game said they showed Brady looking at the iPad after the touchdown before the um, delay of game was called, and you could see the, something they had drawn up was like oh. the route that was coming. That you could see the iPad on the jumbo. Yikers. So that's what I heard. So the iPad got the last laugh with Brady. No really kidding. All wow, that's funny. Uh, well, I will say this, Jesse. I think we're going to learn more about the Green Bay Packers, obviously, obviously, throughout the course of the regular season. But the schedule works out really nicely. So you get kind of a break, right? You're not going to have Mac Jones more than likely on Sunday when they take on the Patriots at Lambeau. Then you go to London, play the Giants. Jets. Giants are an undefeated team. Watch yeah. out for them. Well, uh, we'll t- NFC East, bets his division in football. Talk to me in about three hours. We'll see where the Giants are at. Uh, <laughs> then they host the Jets and go to the Commanders before. This is where it gets fun. They go to the Bills, uh, then uh, divisional play Lions, Cowboys, Titans. But then the end of the year wraps up this way, Jesse. Mm-hmm. At the Eagles. Yep. Who are 3-0 and look like debatably the best team in the NFC. Oh, yeah. I'd probably put them right there. Jalen Hurts is on an MVP tear. Go to the Bears. Then you host the Rams. Then you yep. go to the Dolphins, who are the other 3-0 team in the NFL yep. on Christmas Day. Then you wrap up Vikings-Lions. So you see some of your toughest competition at the tail end of the season, mm-hmm. including two of those teams that we think are going to be representing some of the top seeds in the NFC and the Eagles and the Rams in the final month and a half of the season. So you get kind of a break the next couple weeks, but you go to Buffalo, who everybody is crowned as the best team in the National Football League this year. Get another couple weeks of a break, and then you go to Philly, yeah. play the Bears, Play the Rams, play the Dolphins. So, so I, I think what we learned there is, aside from the Kansas City Chiefs, they the Green Bay Packers play what all of us think are the best teams in football through three weeks exactly. over the rest of the season. So we'll find out more. And, yes. and I get your sentiment by saying you don't know what they I, are yet. That's why I'm saying I don't know right now. It's fair enough. Fair enough. It's the Great Dane Huddle driven by Metro Kia. We'll continue this conversation about the Green Bay Packers. What did you learn? 844-770-3776 is the old National Bank. Talking text line. would love to hear from you on the text line. What did you learn yesterday in the Packers' 14-12 victory over TB12 as TB scores 12? Nice. Kind of fun how that works yeah, out. Yeah, that's good. It's a Great Dane Huddle driven by Metro Kia. Great day in huddle driven by Metro Kia on Woo! 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app in Wisconsin on demand. It's a spicy wing. I'm the special guest tonight, but apparently <laughs> I've taken over the show because Alex Strope just ate the spiciest and l- apparently largest <laughs> chicken wing on planet oh, Earth. Oh, I chewed it fast, man. Did you uh, just shove, like, an entire chicken breast in, like, all at once? Like, just about. And how a, are you struggling oh, for, those like, a minute and a wings. half? Dude, I'm just doing my best Tarek Sala impression. I'm eating while we're on the air, right? <laughs> like, I'm just doing my best Tarek because he's not with us tonight. Derek Angler, Tarek Sala, both off tonight here. It's a great day in Huddle, driven by Metro Kia. Uh, Derek out in New York getting ready to watch his Giants. It's alumni weekend, so he's out there. And Wearing the throwbacks tonight, I see. Are they? Yeah, they got the uh, old Giants in all caps with the underline on the helmet tonight. I, I like those. I love that. Hey, football season is back, and to celebrate, Metro Kia Madison is giving you a 4K smart TV. With the purchase of a new vehicle, get a 2023 Kia Soul with 3.49% APR financing for 48 months, 2235 per 1000 borrowed to qualified credit. Learn more at their website, MetroKiaOfMadison.com. 
you're the special guest tonight, but man, you've been bringing the juice tonight. Had a good idea that I like. Um, so, football takes from the weekend. Whether it's college football, whether it's the National Football League, I want a big takeaway as we've got about two minutes left here on the Great Dane Huddle, driven by Metro mm. Kia. What's a big takeaway, non-Packers or Badgers related, you had over the football yeah. weekend? It's actually... I think one in the same at both levels of football. What stood out to me watching a lot of games on Saturday and more games on Sunday, teams that have proven over the years that they know how to win are able to get wins that teams that have not proven it can't. Oh, So Alabama, Clemson goes to double overtime on the road this weekend and comes away with a huge win. Uh, Georgia, this challenge a little bit, they get a win. Uh, Oklahoma, at home, gets upset by Kansas State. They're not proving that they know how to win. USC gets a win, even though they were down in the dumps at Oregon State on Saturday night. Fun game in Corvallis. Yeah. watching the Beavers. Uh, and then on Sunday, <laughs> uh, the Buffalo Bills. Everyone's picking them to win the Super Bowl this year. They haven't proven that they know how to win the big game, and they choked. They certainly didn't. In a pressure situation. The Arizona Cardinals. Four field goals, all they could get against the Los Angeles Rams, who have proven to be the, a fairly beatable team with talented offenses that can go up against them. The Rams made them look silly because they're proving proven winners. And the Green Bay Packers, even though they haven't won the big one in the playoffs, they've won a bunch of games over the years. And Matt LaFleur's system and the trust the players that have been in that system now for multiple seasons have progressed in it over Todd Bowles in his first year with a bunch of lesser talent on the offensive side besides the greatest quarterback of all time, the Packers able to prove that they can get a win. Teams that have shown they can win over the years are the teams that are separating themselves here early in the season at both levels of football. I love that. Uh, my big takeaway, and I'll stick in the NFL on this one, is boy, was I wrong about the AFC West. I thought that would be the best division by a mile in football with the Kansas City Chiefs, Denver Broncos, Los Angeles Chargers, and Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders can't win a game to save their lives. They're 0-3 on the air. Poor Devontae Adams probably begging to come back to Green Bay after uh, the first three games he's had. He's scored some touchdowns, but uh, has not won any games yet. The Los Angeles Chargers got blown out by the Jacksonville Jaguars over the weekend. Denver barely snuck out a win, only thanks to Jimmy G running out of the back of his end zone, Dan Orlovsky style. And the Chiefs are the Chiefs, but I thought this division. Denver and Kansas City have the same record. That's irritating. Yeah. They don't deserve that. No, you certainly do not. A big thanks to you, Jesse Nelson, yeah. for hanging out thanks tonight. To me. On the Great Dane Huddle, driven by Metro <laughs> Kia. Uh, that'll do it for us from the Great Dane on the east side of Madison. A big thanks to Alex Gravatt for running the program tonight. I'm Alex Strofe. We'll talk to you again next Monday. It's the Great Dane Huddle, driven by Metro Kia.